back to You Asked For It, a podcast where pastors are just uh, trying to do the best we can to answer questions with the Bible um, for just hard topics in our world. And the question that we have today was one that was sent in by a member at our church who was having a conversation with an unbeliever, with a lost person. And it was around this subject of, does Christianity put down women? Now, obviously, Pastor Steve, this is a hard conversation in the world that we live in today, but um, but I would say that we've got some incredible evidence in the Bible of, of how to answer this, wouldn't you say? In fact, the member answered to their, their friend that if you go look at, everywhere the gospel has gone, the place of women has been elevated. Hmm. I'll give you an example of a radical verse, Galatians 3.28, and this was a bombshell in the first century. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Mm. Jesus broke down the barriers. Mm. There's an interesting response to this question in a book called How Christianity Changed the World by Alvin Schmidt. And I'm going to read a section here, and I think he's right on target. What would be the status of women in the Western world today had Jesus never entered the human arena? One way to answer this question is to look at the status of women in most present-day Islamic countries. Mm. Here, women are still denied many rights that are available to men when they appear in public. They must be veiled. In Saudi Arabia, for instance, women are even barred from driving an automobile. Whether in Saudi Arabia or in many other Arab countries where the Islamic religion is adhered to strongly, a man has a right to beat his wife, to desert his wife, all that with the full support of the Quran. Wow, yeah. And, and even when you understand... Um, the context in which Jesus was alive in the first century. I mean, women were really uh, treated as second-class citizens. For instance, in, in Roman culture, women were not allowed to, to speak in public. Uh, Roman law placed the wife under the control of her husband. He controlled everything. He She was a possession of his, and, mm-hmm. and he owned all of her possessions. Um, and so what's actually pretty cool in, in light of that is that the whole— you know, Paul talks about you know caring for the widow and the orphan and, and James and all, all these other New Testament writers because— these orphans, because they didn't own anything, if they're um, these widows, if they didn't own anything, if their husbands died, they had nothing. They, they, they couldn't own the house they were living in. No, and so so with that, obviously the church stepped in um, for that. But I mean, even if it goes on far, further, like if if the wife walked out without a veil, she you know he could have the husband could divorce her, or if a husband he had the power over life and death uh, with her, just as he did with his children. So an interesting story uh, from Pompeii uh, comes from that that the Roman law required that every family keep uh, one baby girl, but after that, you could do whatever you wanted. And so um, a scary but interesting um, record that we see from what was preserved from Pompeii is that there were only seven families that had more than one girl there. And so, so baby yeah. girls were killed just with, with a whim. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a scary thing of how women were treated there. But even in the in the Jewish culture as well, um, they were barred from public speaking. You know, the, the oral law pro- prohibited women from reading the Torah out loud. They were not really able to participate at all in any kind of, of public worship. Um, in the synagogue, they were separated from the men. So it was a, a tough world for the women. So then Jesus comes on the scene, and the way in which he treats women is very radical for the oh, time. Oh, my, for sure. E- even the woman at the well, when he walks up to her and speaks to her, is shocked. Mm. What are you as a man doing speaking to me as a woman in public? And he reached out to her. That was totally against the culture. Uh, he allowed women to be his open followers. And Luke 8, it lists women who, along with the 12, went from place to place with him and, and says they even provided out of their own means mm. for for their substance. Wow. Uh, 
Mary, in that little story in the Gospel of Luke, where she's sitting at the feet of the master while Martha is cooking, that term sitting at the feet is the term for a official for an official disciple. Wow. And, and so here she is, wow. and she's taking the position that only a man would be allowed to, to teach. Uh, men and women prayed together and were filled with the Holy Spirit on Pentecost Day, and men and women spoke after that under the power of the Holy Spirit. When Peter describes what is happening, he said, this is fulfilling Joel 2, when your sons and your daughters shall mm-hmm. prophesy. So mm-hmm. there in the temple, both men and women were given witness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just share this with you. That thought the member said that wherever Christianity has gone, the place of women has been elevated. Let me give you two examples of how it needs to be elevated and how it is doing that now. China, for years, had a one-child policy. That was Mm. devastating because Chinese culture does not value girls. It only values boys. And since they were only allowed to have one, if the sonogram showed it was a girl, it was an automatic abortion. Mm. If the baby was born... And it was a little girl. They were in a rural area where they could not find out in advance. I had friends who were there and said they would just put the baby in the street and allow it to die of exposure. Mm. So that's a non-Islamic example of how women have been devalued. When I was in Africa among a primitive tribe called the Pakat, they believed that women were just possessions. You bought them like you'd buy a cow, and you treated them as if they were one of your possessions. Mm. So when the gospel came to the Pakat, and all of a sudden, a Christian, a, a wife, has a husband who's been told, you've got to love your wife the way that Christ loves the church. Mm. She's mighty glad that Christianity came to them. Yeah. She gets a better husband because he became a Christian. Yeah, 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 that's good. And so now with that, though, um, we would say in the Bible there are biblical limitations. Now, when we say limitations, explain uh, what, what do we mean when we say that? It's, it's not that... A woman is less valuable than than a man. But there are some lines that God says only men should do these things. And the two specific ones that we see in the New Testament is that only men should be the senior pastor of the ESV. And most new translations translate that, the overseer. All of the qualifications for an overseer are male-oriented. Jesus picked 12 men to be apostles. And then also the Bible says the husband is to be the head of the home. Hmm. Now, but you have to add to that, husbands love your wife the way that Christ loved the church. Absolutely, absolutely. And that and that's a different kind of leadership, is it not? You oh, know, and yeah. so when you are the one who is that there is this equal submission where the leadership comes from serving, which is the example that we've had um, with Jesus as well. And it's amazing how different those kind of situations arise when we have these conversations when men are doing what they are supposed to do as well. Oh, yeah. right? If you love your wife the way that Christ loves the church, says and gave himself for. That does not mean that your wife is your servant. Mm. That means to be head of the home means I'm to be head of the home. I'm to be the head of the line in sacrificing things. Absolutely. I'm to be the head of the line. That means I need to be first in saying I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a whole different concept in the Bible. Yeah. Now, okay, now how, what do we do about this? So there seems to be what is, you know, it feels like a, an apparent contradiction in and we get it from 1 Timothy 2.12 with what we're talking about. And the ESV says it this way. It says, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Or the, the KJV says it this way. But I suffer not a woman to teach, 
nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. How do we how do we work through that? Well, that's, that verse is now the one verse that so many folks, even in our denomination, are using to say women can do nothing in the church. They must be absolutely silent. So the thing you do is you check that one verse against mm-hmm. what actually happened in the record of the New Testament Christians. Uh, if women cannot teach men, why did it say in Acts chapter 18, 26, that both Priscilla and Aquila taught Apollos. Hmm. So there's an example of a woman who taught a man. Mary Magdalene was told by Jesus, go tell the disciples that I am risen. She gave them the instru- the, she gave them the information that Jesus was risen. In 1 Corinthians 11, women were allowed to pray or prophesy in church if their head was covered. He said that was a symbol of authority as long as they're working under authorities. Hmm. There's plenty they can do. Yeah. And then I've mentioned in Acts 2 where the Holy Spirit fell on men and women, and they all went out there and witnessed. Yeah. So let me, let me see if I can give you my best guess as to why this is not a contradiction, uh, why Paul must be after something different than absolute silence since he even allowed for women to speak in 1 Corinthians 11 under certain restrictions. Remember that our interpretation of the Bible is based on the Greek, not the English. Mm-hmm. Now, in Greek, there's a unique, unique thing. There's only one word that can either be translated husband or man, and it depends on the context. There's only one word that can be translated either woman or wife, and it depends on the context. So you have to look at the context. In 1 Timothy 2, for instance, after he says that this woman must be silent and and can't teach a man, it goes on and talks about Adam and Eve and then childbirth. So since he gives a husband and wife as the example and brings childbirth in as well, bringing wholeness to a woman, that's an indication. Maybe it could be translated, I don't allow a wife to teach or have authority over a husband. In fact, uh, a professor of Greek at Southwestern where I went years ago, it was a man named Charles Williams. He put out a Williams New Testament, and this is what he put in his translation. I do not permit a married woman to practice teaching or domineering over a husband. That's the way Luther translated this verse when he translated it into German. Hmm. The Young's literal translation uses the words wife and husband rather than man and woman in the same way. So let let me explain what I think is being forbidden. See, God has set up an authority system in the home. The husband is to be the leader of the home, a a loving leader. But God wants him to be the spiritual leader. So when you go to church, it should not be that the husband should be the leader in the home and all of a sudden he turns around and his wife is placed as his spiritual leader in the church. God wants there to be a consistency. So there's plenty that a woman can do as long as she is not in authority over her husband at church. She can speak um, speak in big situations, I believe, because that's what we read about in the New Testament. Yeah. But it's just a matter of protecting that home structure. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good. That's good. So so with this, if we were given a quick summary to our people um, here before we go today, if somebody came up to you right now and just said quickly, you know, are women celebrated in Christianity or are they put down? How would you just say it real well, quick to them? Quick, there's two things. First of all, you look at Christian marriages where the husband is loving his wife the way that Christ loves the church. Mm. You will find a happy wife. Absolutely. But secondly, go where the gospel is not the dominant force, like China that I described, mm. or like the Islamic countries, and say, all right, these countries have not been influenced by Jesus. These countries have. Where would you rather be a woman? Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
So yeah, I think it's good. I hope this is a helpful conversation for for you all. Um, it's a tough conversation, but a good conversation that I think needs to be more regularly had and celebrated in this world that we have today. And so um, I thank you for joining us today. If you're watching us on YouTube, I hope that you would subscribe to our channel and, and share it with your friends. Or if you're listening to our podcast, um, do the same thing. Subscribe to our podcast. Uh, the hope is that we'll drop another one next week for you. Another great question that we'll have from someone that's been sending to us. Um, but until then, um, enjoy this one and we'll see you next week. Thanks.